Grace and peace. Welcome to our podcast for the day. Uh, this has been a daily task, a daily chore to meet with you. I'm Dennis Coffin, and this is the last word. Welcome to all of our viewers, all our subscribers on YouTube. Bishop DMG is the channel. And um, all of you on social medias, welcome to our audience, which is not just here in this country, but around the world. And so I want to um, welcome all our global partners who um, support me and uh, supporting this podcast and supporting things that are going on. Um, we say grace and peace to all of you. I have been um, talking about several things for some while. And as you know, this broadcast, the last word, focuses on three Fs, faith, family, and finances. And in this particular episode, I want to get back to something I left off with last episode in talking about revival. And so really kind of we kind of just focus on revival itself and what the content of revival really is. Not just taking pokes at or talking about what other folks may talk about what revival is and what we're it's not just another church service. That's I guess that's what I'm I'm uh, getting at. And that real revival in scripture always built with conviction and repentance, conviction and repentance. And finally, the end result was that there was a change. One of the greatest revivals in the Old Testament came out of a reluctant prophet who did not even want to go present the message. And that was Jonah to Nineveh because he knew what God was going to do. But as he resent, presented his message of judgment and in 30 days, God was going to destroy him. The people, they repented, got down in sackcloth and ashes. They were convicted by the message. They repented. God reverted the judgment. It was real, genuine change. That's one thing we have to remember as messengers of God. God has not called us to be the message, but to deliver the message. Let's let that sink in for a minute. He has not called us to be the message, but to deliver the message. And that's an important issue when we're praying for revival. And we're praying for revival to get people in perspective to changing to a Christian worldview of how God sees the world through us, not how we see the world to present to God. I left off last week mentioning something very interesting as we've been talking about these three Fs that go on and on, faith, family, and finance, is that in our faith, we have not too much problem with the vertical position because religion goes up, spirituality comes down. So we keep trying to reach up to God. That's why we see the tower in Genesis 11, trying to reach up to God because spirituality actually comes down to us. So the difference between being spiritual and being Religious is that in religious, we're always trying to elevate ourselves up. But in becoming spiritual, we're always waiting for that impartation to come down to us. So I said that we don't have too much problem, and we really don't. We don't have a whole lot of problem talking about the vertical position with God. We, if we could be just individuals, just me and God, just me and God, we would be fine. And everything would be worked out. But God didn't make us so that way. 
he made it so that there was a horizontal that we have to deal with. And we find ourselves facing the problem of not wanting to deal horizontally with people, especially not on God's terms, but on our terms. So we have racism, we have violence, we have destruction, things that are going on that prevents us from being horizontally spiritual with each other and coming to a family concept. When we get to Revelations chapter 7, verse 15, we see that the number that no man can count comes out of every nation, kindred, race, culture, and tongue on the face of the earth. So that the body of Christ is more of a multifunctional body, a multicultural, a multidimensional body of Christ in which sometimes we don't want. We want one culture to be above the other. We want to make rules in terms of what we have to deal with horizontally with people, where we want to place people into the haves and the have-nots in terms of where we are with God. That's not really where God wants us. That's really not where we want to develop ourselves in terms of doing that. So I've been focusing over and over again, and I just want to bring this back up again because it's so important. Our changing focus. If we don't get anything else, in terms of looking at these five steps that are in a circular clockwise position with us, we see Jesus Christ and institution. I love Romans, uh, Revelation 18 and 4. Come out of her, my people. The metaphor of Babylon and Jerusalem in scripture. The dichotomies I keep mentioning over and over again. The dichotomies that God sees in scripture, where God seems to have these dichotomies resting in terms of a changing focus. God has dichotomized between light and darkness, between good and evil, between male and female. Uh, between Israel and the church, uh, between all of these dichotomies that will eventually become one. We looked at that in Ephesians 4. There's one God and one body. There's one spirit. There's one baptism. There's a unification of the dichotomies that God created differently, but will eventually come together so that we see that there's a oneness. But unity comes to the point we understand that these points have to come in at some point and rest on us as we develop who and what we are in the body of Christ. I think that's so important and so needful. But I think more than anything, we're going to have to understand that the word is going to have to get burned in us. I talked about the written word having to be memorized in the Old Testament, the living word having to be experienced in the New Testament. So it's not so much of what God says that's the issue, because what he says is pure. Every word of God, Proverbs 30 and 5, is pure. So it is not so much what God says. The real issue we have in the horizontal is trying to interpret what we think God says. So we have all these viewpoints on what God says but has left us into denominational sectors, labels in terms of who we are, and struggling the fight over who is God's real people and who is not, who really has a truth and who not, and where we are. So we find ourselves developing 
this whole issue of trying to figure out what it is that God says. Isaiah um, 58 and 2 is an interesting text. Day after day, they seek me out. The Lord's talking about his people there. They seem eager to know my ways. That, that sounds day after day in the church. We're trying to we're trying to seek the Lord out. We're trying to see, and we're just trying to, we're eager to know who God is in relationship to where we are. As if they were a nation that does what is right. That's why revival needs to come here, because we're really not a nation, nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. Oh, we have such a division, a core division that's going on in this country uh, in Christianity, not only just politically, not only just racial, but spiritually. Go back and see what Lord is saying here to Isaiah. For day after day, they seek me out. We're having this in this country. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of the Lord. As if we're seeking the Lord out, as if we've already arrived and everybody else needs to get to where we are. No, is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen, he says, to loose the chains of injustice. What's the point of revival if we're not making positive, quantitative changes to society? I don't expect unsaved people to act like they're saved. But I think that we have to get back to the point that we understand that the kind of fasting, the kind of revival that God's want is what he's chosen to loose the chains of injustice, get injustice off and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. How can we sing and worship and talk about revival among all the things that over and over again that are hindering this country? They're putting us into some things that we really have not put ourselves into a family environment. It's them and us, not a family. But next time, we'll deal with that in earnest because we are the family of God. That's the last word for today. <laughs>